1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers, And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. No rookie orientation today. We will get to more of those as the offseason wears on. We have plenty of time to get to those kinds of things because the schedule gets a little bit more spread out from here on out. There are there are the OTAs, there are the mini camps, but it's a little bit here, a little bit there, and then there's breaks. And so we're going to have a lot to talk about between now and when the season starts in a few months. But so what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at this Green Bay Packers roster as it stands right now because we've had the draft. We've had free agency. There are still potentially more free agents to be signed. There are still potentially more players to be added to this roster. And we just, we haven't seen them yet. We don't know that they're available yet because there's going to be June 1 cuts. There's going to be training camp cuts and all sorts of different ways that Green Bay can find to add players. And really what I want to do is I want to find out. I want to get to the core of it because this is what... This is what the team cares about, and this is what the fans care about. Did they get better? And so we're going to go just a little bit briefly, position by position, and say, did Green Bay get better, or did they not? And let's start on the defensive side of the ball, because this is the side of the ball clearly that Green Bay needed the most work. It's the side of the ball they allocated all of their high draft capital toward fixing, and it is a place where they spent free agent resources. It is also a place where they traded their best, their number one corner, regardless of what you think of Demarius Randall, That was a bold move. It was an incredibly difficult move, I'm sure, for the organization to make. But they made it. So where it, let's start up front, because every team begins offensively or defensively in the trenches, up front, is Green Bay better now than it was, let's say, at the end of the season? Are they better now than they were? And I think in the trenches, we can say unequivocally the answer is yes. And and number one, the reason is Muhammad Wilkerson, but I think numbers two through five are all Kenny Clark because at... When he came into the league, he was the youngest player in his draft class. He is still a very young player, and he was outstanding last year. I was on a a radio show recently, and they asked me, what was the bright spot of the 2017 season? That 7-9, and ugly, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt season. And the first thing I said was Kenny Clark. He is... Becoming a star, he is a stalwart interior defensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers, and to pair him with Mike Daniels, and Muhammad Wilkerson, and Dean Lowry, and Montrevius Adams coming off a red shirt freshman season in the NFL, and then they add James Looney, who who knows what he can be, but Green Bay clearly understands that their interior is solid. They added Muhammad Wilkerson for a little bit more pass rush, for a little bit more juice in in passing situations. And whether they get it or not, he is an improvement over Dean Lowry as a pass rusher. And then you add in the fact that they have this whole rotational defensive lineman group now with Lowry, with Adams, with Looney, and they can go six or seven deep at the defensive line position, that is critical for this team. It's very, very important that you keep those bodies fresh and you don't have to say, hey, Kenny Clark, we know you're young. We know you're spry. We know you're ultra-athletic. We're going to utilize you on 80% of snaps. They don't have to do that. And that's critical. I think without question, they got better. Okay, at the linebacker position, let's look at interior first no losses to speak of at least not from the starters Blake Martinez could be better in 2018 than he was in 2017 which is pretty incredible for Green Bay considering how good he was in 2017 as a run stopper as a playmaker in the running game he has to get better in coverage which is which was a place really that that Green Bay thought he could excel in a place where they thought he could succeed He was a nickel linebacker, a dime linebacker right off the bat as a rookie, but injuries derailed his development. How does he evolve his game? Does he become a better cover linebacker in 2018? That is something that we we can't measure at this point, but a young linebacker, we expect to get incrementally better. The question is at that second linebacker position with Jake Ryan on the inside, is that Jake Ryan's job or is that Oren Burks' job, the rookie from Vanderbilt? And I think off the bat, in base situations, at least on first and maybe second and mediums, you're going to continue to see Jake Ryan. But sooner rather than later, that is going to be Oren Burks' job. A linebacker with his athletic traits that they traded up in the third round to get, they're going to find a way to get him on the field. And the fact that Green Bay didn't go get a safety, and we're going to get to the secondary in a little bit, how does that affect where they play Josh Jones? Are they okay with Jake Ryan being that other inside backer because they're going to play more with Josh Jones in the box, and then that mitigates some of the matchup issues that Green Bay had with their linebackers matching up in coverage? Oren Burks and Josh Jones gives them more flexibility with the way that they cover guys, and potentially in the running game where, again, Burks, as as we discussed on his rookie orientation and as we discussed after the Packers drafted him, has a ways to go when it comes to his run defense. He's still learning the position of linebacker. And so how reliable can he be in base and maybe even nickel formations? Now, maybe nickel is where... Green Bay says, okay, we're going to play Blake Martinez in a traditional inside backer role. We're going to move Josh Jones down, and he's going to play next to him, and then you're going to have the two guys on the edge, and you're going to go from there. I think that is certainly a plausible solution in this case, but I think it's going to depend on where these other secondary players fit in, how they how they feel about Clinton Dix playing the deep middle. All of that factors in. I think the biggest question, where you have to wonder, did Green Bay get better, is at the outside linebacker position. Did Green Bay improve on the edges? And I, I just don't, I don't think they did. And you can say, well, Vince Beagle is going to be better in year two after his redshirt freshman season, and Clay Matthews was excellent last year. I, I, I caped for him all year long. And if Nick Perry can stay healthy, that's his permanent name now. Reggie Gilbert is going to be relied upon. I think Reggie Gilbert played a factor in Green Bay not targeting an edge rusher in this draft. He played very well at the end of the season. If if you're a, a relatively new listener to the show, you may not remember. But at the end of the year, I went over the outside linebacker position. Reggie Gilbert led this team in his limited snaps in pass rush productivity and pressure rate. And in limited snaps, he was effective as a pass rusher. Is he more a part of the plans of this defense? Now, I think when you look at the pass rush as a whole and you say, did it get better, that's where you bring in someone like Muhammad Wilkerson, someone like Kenny Clark as his evolution comes forward and say maybe the pass rush as a whole got better, but the outside linebacker position did not get better. The trade for Demarius Randall. Is really a Randall for Tremon Williams, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson trade when you're looking at just pure personnel. So the the guys that were on this roster to end the season versus those other guys, it's pretty clear to me that Green Bay got better in the secondary. Tremon Williams for whatever he brings, he's not going to be what Demarius Randall was as a ball hawk, as a playmaker, as a speed guy. But he is still very instinctive and very smart. And then when you add in what they brought in, just just strictly talent-wise. We don't know what these players look like. Between Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, I think Green Bay is going to believe one of those guys can handle the role. One of those guys is going to pop and make this, this defense better. Kevin King gets better in year two, fully healthy off a shoulder injury that, that really did plague him his entire rookie season. And you bring Devon House back as a depth play, I think this secondary got better. So you look at every level so far. Now, the outside linebackers didn't necessarily get better, but the pass rush did. The interior got better. That front three, four, whatever they're going to call it, got better. The inside linebackers got better. The secondary got better. The safeties probably got worse. Morgan Burnett out. If they had drafted Derwin James, I would have said better, but they didn't. Josh Jones in year two should be better, but can he be Morgan Burnett reliable? At this point, that remains to be seen, and that's the question. So the safeties, I would say probably if Josh Jones hits his potential, if he hits his apex in year two, or at least he he starts to maximize those physical tools and Mike Pettin puts him in positions to thrive, I think that could be seen as sort of a net neutral because I think he's more gifted as a playmaker than Morgan Burnett was. I think his athletic traits give him more upside than Morgan Burnett, but but we're banking on something here that is an unknown. And so to say definitively that they are better at safety, I just, I can't do that. But I think Mike Patton as a coordinator will put these guys in a better position to succeed and therefore there is a case to be made that every position group is upgraded simply by virtue of no longer playing for Dom Capers. And so we're going to see exactly how many exactly what the dividends there are, and I think we'll see them early. Before we move on to the defense, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge Subscription Giveaway. I tell you about this every show, and frankly, I'd like to see some more reviews. I'd like to see, I know the engagement numbers, I know how many people are listening, and I know the show's growing. I know there's a lot of you out there, and I appreciate that, and I think it's great. I'd love... To get your feedback, I'd love to get some reviews. They really do help the show, and they help raise our profile. They help raise awareness for the show around on on platforms like iTunes. So do me a favor. Go rate the show. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and I want to give you a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. It's a $39.99 value. Gets you access to player grades, tools, charts, all sorts of, of data that is behind the paywall currently that I want to give to you for free. And all it takes is your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
0: one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store
1: now i think offensively is where the questions are much more easily dealt with Because the offense last year, the running game, even with Brett Hundley struggling as mightily as he did at the quarterback position, was still a top 10 running game unit. And not because Brett Hundley was was somehow incredibly successful running the ball. He had some moments. He had some really nice runs. That Chicago game in particular, he, he made some outstanding plays with his legs. But the reality is that running game continued to be effective even without Aaron Rodgers, which speaks to the quality of their running backs and the offensive line and and the scheme. And I don't mean play calling. I mean the actual scheme, the way a, a play is drawn up, play design. And the one player that we know consistently performed on that offense in the passing game was Devontae Adams. So let's start again up front. Jari Evans goes out. We don't know who is going to be the right guard for the Green Bay Packers to open the season. If it is Justin McRae, again, as I've said over and over on this show, I'm fine with that. If it's Cole Madison, who has been drafted in the same range where the Packers see the value, I'm going to harp on this. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, J.C. Tretter, the fourth and the fifth rounds, in that range of picks, and it's a range of about 30 picks where Green Bay has found all of these guys, that is where they see value. I don't know if if Cole Madison is good or not, but I know that, that Green Bay took a, lot, a lineman where they normally take an offensive lineman, and he has traits that I like. I don't know how much he can help them next year, but I know Brian Bulaga gets healthy. He, he may or may not be ready for week one. We don't know offensive linemen tend to take less time to recover from these injuries simply because they can play with a brace and be okay. But did this offensive line get better? I don't think it got worse. I think if Justin McCray comes in and is the starting right guard and Brian Bulaga comes in and is the starting right tackle, they didn't get worse. They get Kyle Murphy back from injury. They get Jason Spriggs back from injury. They get Lucas Patrick back from injury. I think just being healthy makes this offensive line significantly better than it was. And it wasn't terrible last year. It really wasn't. Even when the backups were in there, it wasn't terrible. Now, when the backup offensive tackles, Kyle Murphy and Jason Spriggs, those guys struggled at times. And I was surprised that Green Bay didn't attempt to go out and get a tackle. Cole Madison, by the way, played some tackle. In the, in the rookie orientation camp. That could have been a question of bodies, or they could be saying, let's see if he can play tackle before we slide him inside to guard. Maybe if he can play some offensive tackle, his position at Washington State. Maybe Kyle Murphy gets slid inside. Maybe Jason Spriggs finds a home more full-time as a guard. Green Bay didn't add there, but they also didn't detract, and I think that's important to say. Now, at the quarterback position, there's no question they upgraded because Deshaun Kaiser is a much more talented player, more physically gifted, more experienced, more upside than Brett Hundley. And I was a guy, I mean, long-time listeners of this show will know that I was a Brett Hundley guy. But I think Deshaun Kaiser is better. I was an enormous fan of Kaiser coming out of college, not a Notre Dame guy, but definitely a Deshaun Kaiser guy. And so, with Rodgers back, that's all that matters. And I'm not even I'm not even taking that part into account. Obviously, going from Brett Hunley to Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna improve the quarterback position. But I'm saying the overall room, the quality of the room to have Brett Hunley at quarterback three and maybe maybe he ends up not on this roster come opening day, I think that's a, a very likely proposition. But for Deshaun Kaiser, instead of an unproven Brett Hundley to be the backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, that is an unequivocal win for Green Bay. Now, the running back position, did they improve it or did they not? I think Ty Montgomery being healthy, all these guys coming in and being healthy is going to be an improvement. Uh, There is, uh, I think, an open question about how many guys they can have on this roster. It seems like Mike McCarthy wants... Ty Montgomery to stay as a running back? Does that mean that Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones ends up on the trade block? Does that mean that Ty Montgomery ends up on the trading block? I think Aaron Jones, I said this last year for weeks, is the most natural running back on this roster. He's the most natural runner on the team. Is he the best running back? I don't know. Because running back means so many things. It means impacting the game in so many ways in the modern NFL. I think the most dynamic playmaker is still Ty Montgomery and and Jamal Williams is the hammerback who showed that he can play well in spurts. I think what you'd like to have is Aaron Jones be your lead back. You'd like to have the hammer as a backup and then Ty Montgomery who can come in and give you these little gadget looks while he's playing receiver, but Green Bay remedied that by going out and getting a bunch of receivers. We're going to get to that in just a second, but that that suggests to me, now maybe you say there's all these guys and, and they all were hurt last year and so you need to keep them all, but I think it suggests to me that Green Bay could and perhaps should look to move one of these guys. Running back is still a position that teams covet. You look at the draft, guys are still going high. Leonard Fournette is still going in the top five. Ezekiel Elliott is still going in the top five. Obviously, we saw Saquon Barkley go at two. Teams still value the running back position. And so long as that's true, Green Bay can extract value from teams who need a running back. Someone goes down, hey, here's Ty Montgomery for X. Or here's Jamal Williams for X. I think Aaron Jones is the guy that they should look to keep. Had he had had enough snaps last year, he would have led the league in DVOA at the running back position. He didn't, so he didn't. Now, at the tight end position, no question they got better. Jimmy Graham comes in, replaces Martellus Bennett. They lose Richard Rodgers, but I think that upgrade from Graham over Bennett is a big enough divide for me to say, I'm not worried about Richard Rodgers. I like Emmanuel Bird. The third tight end. They still have Lance Kendricks. I think people forgot that because he played poorly at the end of the season, but he played poorly with Brett Hunley. And the tight ends are just not going to ask to block. They're not going to play a lot of two tight end formations this season, I don't think. And they're gonna they're gonna run the ball when they have a numbers advantage. Otherwise, they're gonna they're gonna sling it around the yard. And that's the approach they should be taking, frankly. So that leaves receiver. And really the only question is, does the combination of Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, and Marquez Valdez Scantling account for the loss of Jordy Nelson? And it's hard for me because I, I said all offseason that really Jimmy Graham is the replacement for Jordy Nelson. And so assuming that's true, let's just let's just put those together. If we just look at pass catcher. Green Bay upgraded its pass catchers because I I think Jimmy Graham can be highly effective in mismatch ways that Jordy Nelson couldn't. In any of those ways that Jordy Nelson could and Graham couldn't, I think one or more of these rookies, or if you take them as a, a sort of amorphous unit and say, can they as a group account for what you're missing? I think the answer is is definitely yes from a talent perspective. Now, obviously they have to go out and do it. And they have to figure it out. But I love Equinemia St. Moore's talent. I love Jamon Moore's talent. And I love the flyer that you take on our Marquez Valdez Scantling and say, here's a guy who's big, he's fast, and maybe he just hasn't been in the right situation to succeed first at North Carolina State with some bad quarterbacks. And then at South Florida with some quarterbacks who Trey Flowers, dynamic college football player, but not the not the most adept. Throwing the ball with accuracy and touch, and so could he be someone who has a better pro career than he had a college career? That is the gamble that Brian Gutekunst has made in this case. I think this receiving this is clearly the biggest, most athletic receiving group that Green Bay has had. If you add in Michael Clark, Jeronimo Allison, those guys, I think particularly Randall Cobb getting healthy, Devontae Adams in what I what I would consider year two of. Wide receiver one action. What can Michael Clark do to progress? I think all of those things taken in conjunction with one another leads me to believe that Green Bay got better at receiver. So taken in its totality, everything put together, I think the only place they didn't get significantly better on this defense is outside linebacker and safety but I think safety ends up being a net neutral because I think Josh Jones plays much better in year two. So outside linebacker, but I think Mike Patton and Muhammad Wilkerson, that combination makes the pass rush enough better that the, the lack of personnel upgrades isn't a huge problem. And then offensively, I think you look at running back and offensive line, offensive line, they got better from a health standpoint. And so that will make them better. And ditto for the running back position, they didn't upgrade it in personnel ways, but with Aaron Rodgers and the upgrades they made in the pass catching unit, it's not as big a problem and perhaps not a problem at all that they didn't make adjustments or improvements in those areas. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Remember to stay caught up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. This episode is brought to you by Shell
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot
1: com slash
2: O-N-E.
1: More content coming for you on Friday. We will continue our off-season series looking at this roster. We will start to push forward as we head toward organized team activities, towards minicamp and training camp, and everything related to the Packers' off-season activities. When there is contract news to discuss, of course we're going to do that. We will continue to follow the Aaron Rodgers deal. Right now, it looks like the time frame is July and that's one of the reasons why I have not dedicated a significant portion of our time on this show having that discussion. Because frankly, until it happens, until we get closer, I just don't think it's, it's useful to have a discussion about something that we just, we don't know what it's going to look like. Now that we have Kirk Cousins, now that we have Matt Ryan, I think we're closer to understanding what Rogers is going to be commanding. But the structure is potentially unique. We don't know if Green Bay is going to break the mold with this Rodgers deal, not just in terms of its overall size and scope and cost to the team financially, but in its scale relative to the salary cap and in its structure. We talked about the potential for having it be a guaranteed type percentage of the salary cap. That could be in play, though we haven't heard about that in a long time. That was something we, we got as part of off-season rumor mill time, pre-draft. And so who knows if that's still on the table or if it was ever on the table. We don't know. So remember, I am on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Tweet me with questions. Hit up my mentions. Would love to chat with you more at Locked on Packers. All of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. Always be reading Fansided.com, Weekly, and of course, HackMePackingCompany.com all there to help you stay locked on pack